Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with episode 55, and we are joined with Company 39's Joey Diamond. And Joey Diamond is the co-founder of Company 39, and he we are lucky enough to have him here uh, for the next hour to talk a little bit about his career, uh, his fighting career, and you know get into the meat of uh, what Company 39 is all about. Uh, I know, uh, you know, We've had him on through the Morning Skate podcast, and we had him uh, a couple blogs posted up about what uh, Company Thirty Nine is all about. But you know, right now we are joined with Joey, and we're just going to get uh, right into it. Joey, hey, how you going? doing, guys? Good, good, man. Thanks for having me. All right, Appreciate man. You so, me on. No, no, not a problem, not a problem. And thank you for joining us and taking the time out. I know you're crazy busy right now with everything that's going on with the the coronavirus, and and. Uh, and and working i mean luckily you know you still have a job to do so uh you know content never sleeps yeah so uh if you want to explain for people what company 39 is all about before we get into uh yourself yeah uh company 39 it's basically helping helping athletes build their brands um through social media um they control their own narrative they um and we provide opportunities for them to expand more than them being just an athlete you know obviously playing hot professional hockey in the minors for a few years and as you know the hockey world is so small um we've been able to build company 39 off relationships and our past experiences my uh uh, uh my my part my business partner um matt fornitaro who um i played with in manchester so um it's basically we believe that um, you know athletes should treat their brand as a business, and that's kind of uh, what what Company Thirty Nine does. We work we work very closely with them. We have relationships with them, and we we build their brand. And it's been um, very, uh, I would say, unique through past three years since when this thing just got started. So. Um, that's kind of what we do, and it's been pretty exciting uh, the last three years. Yeah, so, I mean, let's get into a little bit of your career because I feel like that's where it kind of jumped off from because, you know, you probably had a, uh, 
your career pretty much is what, you know, kind of inspired you into, you know, developing company 39 and kind of launching uh, a career after hockey. Cause so many players, you know, they either, you know, fall short of, you know, having a, a career in the NHL and, you know, they kind of, you know, ride out the years playing, you know, in the East coast league, the AHL and, and, you know, you had a, you had the privilege of playing professional hockey and you got to see, you know, firsthand these players experiences and then kind of see these guys after the game. And, you know, they kind of maybe are unsure of what direction they want to head in and stuff like that. But let's first get into your career. You played, uh, I played with you at South Kent which was the prep school route. And then you went and played a little bit of juniors in the USHL and the OJHL. Um, then you had, uh, four years in Maine. Yes. And, and then, you know, obviously you got scholar athlete. a scholar athlete at the University <laughs> of Maine and, and uh, had a little bit uh, of a career in the AHL and the East Coast League playing, you know, Sound Tigers, the Springfield Thunderbirds, uh, the Stingrays and the, and the Monarchs. Um, how, how was that experience playing, you know, pro hockey and, and going the college route and playing a little bit of juniors? Like, if you had to sum up like your, your, your hockey career, uh, you know, and your play style and cause you played in so many different leagues and yeah. you know what I mean? Like how, how was that? Like what was, what was yeah, I, I kind of play style all about. It was, uh, and when you look back on it, I haven't really talked about it much, but, uh, when you look back, like obviously playing at South Kent prep school for a year, um, I thought it was great. I thought it was just being around just that, structure of prep school it, it wasn't a structure that was necessarily for me i would mm-hmm. say like uh, i was more of a public school kid uh, <laughs> where you could get away with things and in prep school you weren't allowed to get away obviously i only lasted a year there and um i thought it was a great experience for me you, you met you know so many good guys and you know guys you still have relationships so to this day but then when you went to i went to omaha nebraska and played in the ushl and that's when it became like an absolute like love for like it was it was a mini nhl i felt like it was and they had the shootout uh no they didn't have the shootout at that time but the way they treated the game even the refs like they treated you like you were a professional hockey player. They like you give it to them and they give it right back to you. They didn't tee you up or anything like that. Like yeah. the ref would <laughs> you'd say like, ah, oh, you know, some choice words to the ref and the cho- and the ref would give it right back. And then the coaches and just the fighting and um it was treated like a professional league and I loved it. Like there's little scuffles after the uh, after the whistle was blown and it was like, all right, no penalties, just let's go break it up. And I love the USHL. I was fortunate enough to be on an amazing team. Uh, we wind up winning the Anderson cup and the Clark cup. There's not many teams that was able to do that, but, um, I was on such a tough team. Like everyone was willing to do whatever it took to win the game. And like when you're on a team like that, where everyone, everyone is bought in, it's, it's a great feeling. When like, that was probably like one of my highlights of my career was winning a championship and uh, 
the Clark Cup finals. We went to game five and uh, we won in overtime at home. I, awesome. I, re- I remember That's our awesome. coach, Mike Hastings, who I think he was a coach of uh, the world junior team this past year or something like that. And I remember we went, we started the year off like 12 and 0 or something like that. We were, we dominated. We actually went up our preseason. We went up to Quebec and played the Quebec uh, ramparts and then the Ramouski oceanic oceanic. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, probably like a few years after Crosby was there and our owner of the Omaha Lancers, one of the part owners was Luke Robitaille. Oh, so, Lucky Luke. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> former Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and so we go up there, we wind up beating uh, Quebec Ramparts 3-2. And I was like, that was a big thing, like yeah. USA juniors and major juniors playing against each other. That was like yeah, a oh, yeah. big thing. Not to mention we took a, I think it was like a 26-hour bus ride from Omaha to Quebec. Oh, <laughs> like, Jesus. Sleeping yeah. on a bus that long. but. Um, and then we go up the two nights later, we play um, the um, Ramuski. Yep. And we wind up beating them like 8 1 or something like that. Oh my and God. Smoked them. And then going into that year, that uh, following week, we go into a regular season, we win eight in a row. We lose our like uh, ninth game or something, or 12th game, whatever it was. And our coach, Hastings, comes in and he absolutely loses it on us like <laughs> this is our first loss of the year yeah that. and i'll never forget the thing he said he was like the re- like he came back the next day we had practice or whatever it was and he and i'll never forget it he's like the reason i go so nuts is because when we're in the playoffs and we want we have home ice advantage game five in the playoffs and we're going into overtime we're at home and then sure enough, fast forward like yeah. eight months, we were in overtime at home and we went. Yeah, it's almost crazy. like you called it. Yeah. It, it, yeah, he called it back in September or October and we went in April. Yeah. Right? Wild. But um I loved I loved the USHL. I thought it was um I think it's a phenomenal league. Um and yeah, I, I, yeah, that, so, that, that year for me was one of the best experiences I've, I've had in my career. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So you went to the university in Maine. At what point did you commit to Maine? Cause I remember, you know, being at school and, and you pretty much knew exactly where you're going to go. Yeah. How, how much did Maine, you know, have a, a, you know, talking to you and stuff like that? Like how much of an impact did Maine have um, as, you know, as you were playing your junior hockey and prep school hockey? Yeah, I think Maine had uh, Maine had a, it started way earlier than that. Maine had an impact uh, early '90s. Like you'd always see them, you'd only see college hockey on the, when the Frozen Four was on. Um, yeah, and it always seemed like Maine was always in the Frozen Four from all Korea. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, '93. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim Montgomery. Right. Jim Montgomery. <laughs> <Beauty. laughs> um, but. Yeah, it, all, it always seemed to see you always seemed to see Maine on TV, and just those 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 jerseys they get me every time. And yeah. um, I think for me, like I think it was like I think my brother was like I might have been eight years old. My brother got a Maine jersey for Christmas one year, and it was it was going back and thinking about it now. It's like wow. 
And then, you know, fast forward, you know, 10 years and I'm going, I'm committed to those, to that school, but they, they, um, it was pretty easy for me. I had a couple other offers from other schools. Um, and, but Maine was, I went out and visited Maine and I was just so familiar with the school, like Maine hockey, they're, they're, they're up here. They're up here. I always wanted to be, um, you always want to go to a winning program and Tim Whitehead, um, phenomenal coach, phenomenal guy. Uh, it was easy for me after talking with him, the head coach, it was easy for me to say, Hey, I'm coming to, uh, university of Maine. He's like, Hey, you're going to be, he does the, what's your favorite, what's your number? I was like 39. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's like, you're going to be a fan favorite here. And I was like, that's kind of what I wanted to hear. And, you know, two weeks later, I called him up. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming to Maine. And that's kind of how, how easy it was. And then from there, I went right to South Kent and, um, kind of, that was really it. Like that was as simple as that really. Um, I, I just love the school, the jerseys, the, if you've ever been to the Alphonse arena, it's not easy. It's not uh, hard to realize why so many guys want to go play there. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you had a really, you know, you had a very good career at, at Maine. Um, you know, you, you, I mean, I watching the highlights. I mean, I think you even made, uh, the best damn sports show top play, top play of the week one, one week where uh, you, is that like an overtime bowl or something. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I forget which one it was, but I mean, cause your highlights, I forget. I could, I tried finding the clip online and then it just keeps on. It's just like basically a, a full fledged highlight clip, but, but um, you had some pretty impressive plays. I think it was one where you were like almost in front of the net after driving the net and you like put it between your legs. Yeah. Yeah. The goalie. yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was proud. I, I think we were considered, I had phenomenal teammates that I was able to play with. Like I think that year, so my junior year. Um, yeah. I was playing with Brian Flynn and Spencer Abbott um, to the top. That was my favorite line. I've probably not discrediting any other line mate or anything like that, but most fun being in college, playing in the Alphonse, scoring goals. I think that was um, that was probably the most fun I've had playing with those two guys. We also had Gustav Nyquist on our team, Will O'Neill. Um, I, I, there's too many. Uh, Brian Flynn and Spencer Abbott. Um, Jeez, that Ryan Haggerty, uh, Mark Anthoyne, Marty Olette. We had so many guys that were so good. But um, being able to play with Spencer, Spencer Abbott and Brian Flynn, they were both, you know, top eight in the country. Spencer Abbott was a Hobie Baker finalist. Brian Flynn played in the NHL. Like, they both did. Um, but, yeah, going back on that goal, um, I remember I think Brian Flynn just – we, we knew each other so well to where um, I was able to, you know, I'm taking a hike. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging at the blue line <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And I get a nice pass and, um, I, you know, I, something, t- sometimes I don't know why I do the things I do, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was just one of those goals. Like you just kind of react, like read and react and, I think I got a little lucky on that play because it wind up deflecting off like the goalie stick. And 
um yeah that was a yeah that was a fun night after that game yeah that that was a a sick (laughs) play and stuff like that well it's funny because you know after seeing your main highlights and you became like a you know you were you know bona fide goal scorer and, and and you had so many nice offensive plays and then you get into your pro career where you, you know you played in the AHL and the East Coast League and you're kind of you know did your game change did you know it was kind of going to change when you got up to that level because then you became more of a you know a fighter and and grinding type player that can also you know turn it on uh offensive wise yeah um yeah, it's different. It's, it's a different game. Um, you know, I, I felt like for me, like, as I, I, like the more I played in the league, like my college, um, career, how it went was my first year. I did a, I did all right. You know, second year did a little bit better. And then my third year I was able, I was confident, you know, um, especially playing with great players. But when I first signed with Bridgeport right out of college, I came into a team that was it was a really good team. Like they, uh, phenomenal players. I think Nito Niederreiter was um, on their team. Uh, on that team, Ryan Strom just came in. Uh, he actually had uh, the assist on my first my first goal. <laughs> really? Pretty, yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool. I think he had like three points, and it. it was his first game, and it was my first goal. Like my, I think my third game. And I think he had like three, four points in his first game. Really? Was he just yeah. like that good? Or yeah, he he was just so confident. Like Stromer is just like nothing kind of bothers him in a way. Yeah, like, I, I, and that's what at least what I saw in the beginning. And he was just so confident, like smooth, confident, like yeah. That... And for for me, it was. Um, coming in it was just like there was a lot of fear there like oh my god these guys are so big these guys are so strong but like you just kind of just play in a way like but um as for you know coming right in like it was i was like so excited to be a part of that program so i was like you could tell me do anything and i and i be happy and willing to do it but um yeah so let's let's get into the fights a little bit um andy do you have any questions before we kind of get into his little bit of fighting career uh i do but i actually think i'm going to hold them until after we talk about the fighting career because it's it's it kind of pertain it'll be nice to it'll be nice to follow up to that so let's let's get into that first yeah well it wouldn't be a rangers podcast if we didn't talk about your fight with newberry i mean obviously Mm -hmm. all ranger fans know who this guy is you know one of the toughest guys to probably ever put on a rangers uniform i mean i he was like a like a pit bull almost. Uh, you know, tell tell us break down. And, and if anyone has free time, because we know you all do, living in this quarantine, you got to go on uh, you know thehockeyfights.com and type in Joey Diamond because there's some incredible <laughs> fights, and we'll we'll get into a couple of them that, that obviously stand out. But first, let's get into the Newberry fight. What was that like? Did you regret your decision when you dropped the gloves? Were you like, oh, Jesus, here we go? Or... <laughs> well, it's not, I, I, I didn't really consider myself as a fighter. I always like to uh, stick up for my teammates or myself at times. But the Newberry fight, it's funny because I think it was like three weeks earlier. You were watching one of the Ranger games, and he tees off on someone in the Ranger games. And one of the Ranger games, like at MSG. Yeah. So fast forward, I, I, I sign. And I think it's like it's like a – 
it's like my fourth or fifth game and it's like a Saturday night in Bridgeport and <laughs> we walk into the locker room they have like a, a scout sheet on and I'm their lineup and everything and there there's um excuse me there's a description of what kind of player this person is this and that and I'm like holy shit there's Chris Newberry, I should stay. I'm staying away from this guy. Like that, <laughs> that was my thought in my head. I'm staying away from him. Yeah. And <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, and then pretty decent game going back and forth. And I, one of the assistant coaches um, or one of the coaches, I forget who it was, like, hey, he's like, hey, go stir the pot with McGrath, right? <laughs> he's like he's yeah. not gonna fight you it's just like stir the pot try to get him to give you a penalty just like be a be a rat yeah to him. and i was like oh I'm, i could do that yeah <laughs> um and did my job get off the next shift my next shift i hop on the ice and we're in the offensive zone and who comes like just starts whacking me and I turn around, I'm like, oh shit, it's Chris Newberry. And I'm like, oh, like trying to like stay away. Like, yeah. like I don't want to, but like you keep doing this to me. I don't care who you are. I'm just going to lose it. Like, Now, is he saying anything when he's giving you a couple nope. whacks? No, nope. nope, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you don't need to, like, all you have to do is just keep poking the bear. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember he just kept whacking me up the ice, whacking me up the ice, whacking me up the ice, like asking, like, let's go. We're going yeah. pretty much. And then sure enough, like kind of like black out a little bit <laughs> and gloves come off. And it was out of sheer fear. I was, I was like, holy shit. I fought this guy like, yeah. like, at the end of it. And he like wind up like throwing me on the ground. And uh, it was a good fight. I felt like that. After that fight, that signed, I, that's where the Islanders offered me a contract. Like, that's when they were like, hey, we're going to sign you to a two-way deal. Now, that's awesome. I mean, first off, it's wild. But, uh, but like, afterwards, is there any exchange, like, going on? Like, like does he, you know, have a little bit more respect for you? Like, uh, Yeah, it was kind of, like, bittersweet, I think. Because yeah. everyone thought, like, I was, like, a real tough guy fighter. And I wasn't i just stuck up for myself and fought out of like sheer fear if there's if you look at any of my fights that i was like willing like all right yeah let's drop them let's go yeah but, and i'm like that's the the worst fights those are the worst fights i've ever had like of being like and that's where you have so much respect for these guys that do it on a nightly basis yes yeah. how they could just go like flip the switch like that and boom boom they're going like I could never do that. Like I, I wasn't. I was more like, my, let me lose my temper and then I'll fight good in a way, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. But that fight was. Um. That was great. I think it was. It was. It was really. Um. I think it got me some respect. There was a, which I. I liked, but I. It kind of. It kind of put a target. I think yeah. I felt like well, I was gonna, yeah, I was definitely going to ask you, like, did now every game going forward, is there, you know, their tough guy, their fighter, you know, you, you know, just in case there's like a, a dirty hit or something like that, where they automatically tar targeting you uh, uh, to drop the gloves or? 
No, I don't think it was me. I, I mean, we had we had so many other tough guys. We had Justin Johnson and Brett Gallant on the team, and I think those are the two toughest guys I've ever played with, ever seen fight, and um, just sheer tough. Like you could, no one wanted to go near these guys. Yeah. So, but I remember one time. There's another Ranger. Uh, <laughs> Like one of the next games, something happened and in a scuffle or anything like that, and everyone's grabbing everyone. And Haley grabs oh me my and like, Joey, don't fucking do anything, Joey. Don't. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, this guy's really calling my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. knows my name. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to touch you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just like kind of rocks but other than that, like, no, I don't think there was too much of, I, 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 I mean, I, I got into fights. I wouldn't consider myself as a, a fighter, but I, I did. Well, know, there is one more that I kind of, I kind of need to ask you about because I don't know, you know, what was going through your head. I mean, it's one of the more fascinating hockey fights I've ever seen, obviously, um, uh, like myself, you know, you were, you're slightly vertically challenged in the height department <laughs> and then you you know they you end up fighting a guy who is i believe six foot five which one is this uh, uh or yeah in, in front of the net um in stockton it might have been him because the, even the ref goes the ref there? goes he's five foot six versus the six foot five yeah yeah, that was I mean, goes. What 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 was your mindset going into that fight? And so, so that started years before. He went. He played at Merrimack, and <laughs> I played at Maine. So he led Merrimack in penalty minutes, and I led Maine. I think he holds the record at Merrimack, and I hold the record at Maine for penalty minutes. <laughs> That's really funny. We went at it all the time, like every year for four years straight. We always went at it. And finally, we got to play each other professionally. And I'm trying to think of like the situation. It was like it was playing in Stockton. It was it was getting getting into a chippy game. I think it's right before like the right before the third period ended. And he kept he he's like whacking me a little bit, and I'm whacking him and. I don't think he thought I was going to do anything. And I was like, all right, now it's time. This is like four, building up for five years, too. So I refs come in, like, I'm like, we're going. Like, we're going to go. And he's like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, he, Vigo's very willing, ready. Ref comes in and goes, Diamond, stop it. You're not going to him. I'm like, enough's <laughs> enough. <laughs> and, and that just even – that just put more, like, gasoline on the fire for me. And then soon enough, like sure enough, puck drops and we go right at it. And um, that was probably one of my better ones. But he was he was such a cool kid after. He was like, uh, he was like, Jesus, I didn't, Jesus, Joey, I didn't know how strong you were. And I'm like, <laughs> are you done? Are you fucking done now? <laughs> oh, man. But it, it was, uh, yeah, that's a good one. He, he's actually a really cool kid too. Um, well, a lot of respect for him. Um, and how he played his game and his role. Uh, he was a really good guy. But, yeah, that was, that was, that was probably one of my favorites. Just uh, and the, announcer and, uh, and the announcer of that fight was priceless. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> I, mean, it was, I mean, obviously knowing you and stuff like that and then, <laughs> and then hearing the, 
you know, just how he, how the fight just starts off, and you're just like. Oh man, like this is just classic Joey right now. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> love to have a mic, like a mic on you right now, just to hear what the conversation's going on. Oh god, yeah, it was a, it was, uh, it was fun. I, ju- I just remember like the ref saying, "Diamond, stop it! You're not going them." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, there's uh, a, ton, a ton of fights. You know, the God. You know, you felt like there were a ton of fights in the 90s and early 2000s and and kind of, you know, you probably caught the tail end where fighting was, you know, pretty prevalent in the game. Mm-hmm. Now it's kind of, you know, drifting away and, and you just see now with the, the, you know, the concussions and, and people just staying away from head contact and stuff like that. Where do you see like fighting in, in pro hockey and junior hockey and what would you have? to say to a, you know, a kid that's coming up in juniors who, you know, kind of finds a role of being more of an, a, you know, aggressive type, you know, player and, and, and finds himself in a couple fights is, is this something that players should learn to steer away from or kind of just embrace and learn to do it and, you know, in a smart way? Um, I, I mean, there's so many ways you could answer that. I feel like I, I think my personal opinion is, you know, play the game first and then like learn to stick up for yourself and your team. Like I, what I loved about the game and love about the game and was you're able to, and I guess maybe that's from where I I come from, whether, I mean, I got into a few street fights growing up and stuff like that. And, um, but I, I always enjoyed like, not enjoyed, I guess is the wrong word, but I like sticking up for my friends and my yeah. teammates, you know, whether it was a win or lose, if I got, if I stuck up for my teammate and I got my ass beat, my teammate knew, or my friend knew that, yo, we're boy, like, I got you. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I, we're in this together. Um, I would say to a kid who, I mean, it's not a role, I think, anyone wants to play mm-hmm. but being able to defend yourself i think is um is something you, you you should have while playing the game of hockey um obviously you have your skill players you have your grinders and stuff like that but um i think you should be able to be able to handle yourself like i love watching uh kachuk which was a brady who's in calgary uh, Matthew, 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 Matthew yeah, I love watching Matthew. Like, I think he's a phenomenal talent, and he could, he could be. I like the way he plays. Like, he could be a prick. Like, he, yeah, and he could defend himself. He answered the call. What, what happened early in the season, or right before all this happened, with the guy from Cal, uh, Edmonton? Oh, um, uh, yeah. Oh, what the heck's his name? Um. Oh, um, Greece uh, or uh, no? Uh, uh, what's his name? But yeah, no, I know. Yeah, Cassian. Matt Cassian. Yeah, 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 Cassian. And obviously, I have a lot of respect for that guy too. Like he got he got ran three times, and and if I mean that, um. Well, as you know me, like if I got ran three, I would have done the same exact thing. As yeah. If I get ran like that three times in a row with that, 
next game they play, Kachuk answers the bell. And then you see the interview after, and Cassian's like, nah, nothing but respect. Like, he answered the call, and, you know, we'll move on from here. That's, like, what I love about hockey so much. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a game of respect, and, you know, I, I – yeah, no, if you're willing to go, you know, toe-to-toe with someone. And, and I like – But there's definitely know. guys like, you know, you, you, you see that can't go. A great part of the game is like when you see a guy who doesn't fight but absolutely loses his temper and he's just like, fuck it, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, what I, uh, that's what I absolutely love about the game is the camaraderie, the I got your back, you got mine let's let's do this whatever the case may be yeah and and you know i i come from the thought process that um and this might be old school but you know keeping hockey uh, keeping fighting in hockey also keeps you know keeps players in check you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day you know if you're you're going to have to pay for what you did whether it, you meant it or not if you threw a cheap shot you're going to have to go toe to toe with someone on the other mm-hmm. team and yeah. and just face the consequences and that's yeah. you know win or lose i mean you still have a chance to you know take yeah. you know yeah. take down that guy also and mm-hmm. you know and you know it is what it is it's kind of like you know it's self-policing because the refs are not going to you know always be there to do that for you and and yeah. i think important part and mm-hmm. i'll always remember um i was lucky enough to um spend some time with brendan shanahan and he said, you know, he does a lot of his cardio work was, you know, boxing and, and pull-ups or something. And pull, like that, right? Yeah, pull-ups. Yeah. All he did yeah, was I, rem- pull-ups. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And he did a little bit of boxing. And, you know, he said, you know, you know, the reason why, you know, he was obviously, you know, a great offensive talent, you know, goal scorer, you know, he could do it all. But he knew how to fight. And mm-hmm. I'll always remember when he fought uh Brashear at the garden. At the garden, yeah. That and, was that was that was one of the better ones yeah that was an unbelievable fight and he pretty much said it he goes like i had to i i had to do it this time like it it couldn't have been i didn't want my teammate to answer the call like it was my turn and is that against washington yeah yeah Yeah. i remember i was at that game and it was unbelievable seeing an old man like that like just that's what i love that that's where the game yeah polices itself that's why it's such an an amazing I mean, yeah, just it's <laughs> no, it really no other like, sport like it. There's no other sport like, where you can, especially like that aspect where you just go toe to toe and you like men and you just men, line up and, and you line up and they shake you, you know, you shake each other's hands after and they're like, hey, good fight, good fight. There's never really after you go toe to toe with someone, even if you hate the guy, you, you know, all good. Yeah, you know? absolutely. If you're anything like me, you've probably neglected grooming below the belt because you're afraid of cuts and nicks. Well, luckily for us, Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. There's an LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. 
Oh, and let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your lawnmower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want to give you the chance to experience it firsthand for yourself. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Visit manscaped.com today and pick up their new lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Your balls will thank you. Andy, did you, did you have a question before we yeah. get into Yeah, I did. Um, so, you know, obviously a lot of uh, players growing up, they dream of playing professional hockey. But for you, a kid from Long Island, to, to get that call while in college from the Islanders, like that's got to be a pretty, you know, special feeling, right? To, for, you know, to represent that organization yeah. where you grew up, you know, in Long Beach, not, you know, not far from mm-hmm. the Coliseum. So just what is, what is it like? you know, getting, receiving that phone call or, you know, just getting in contact with them. And then, you know, it's it dawning on you that not only are you going to fulfill uh, probably, mm-hmm. which I would assume is a dream your entire life, but to, you know, for uh, an organization that, uh, you know, you grew up uh, watching yeah. just so close to home for you. So what, what is that like? Man, it, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was kind of surreal. Like after our last game, um, at college, we, I actually got kicked out of it, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, I was talking with my agent and he said, he's talking to a few teams for, to get, um, a few tryouts to go down there and, and play somewhere. And then he, I it was like, a, I, I remember where I was when I got the call. It was like right outside the Sean Walsh building at Maine. And, um, He's like, hey, the the Sound Tigers Islanders are really interested right now. Like, they wanna they wanna bring you down. They'll bring you down tomorrow. And I was like, and you'll play. It was like a Thursday. He was like, you'll play on Saturday. I was like, um, like holy shit! Like the Islanders <laughs> are calling me. I was an Islander fan. Like, like I watched all those videos along with the Rangers ones too, like the '94s uh, Stanley Cup video. But, um. I get the call from my agent. He says, yeah, Islanders are interested. They want to, they want to bring you down. And I was like, okay, like, yes. Right away. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, that's the one. Like, it was so easy. And now when I think about it, I was like, it wasn't like smart, but it was the best, like quick decision I've ever made. Like, um, so I go down there and this is right when Rick DiPietro got sent down to Bridgeport. Yeah. And I'm like, I walk into the locker. I'm like, holy shit. Like, it was almost so surreal. Like, I walk into the locker room. Everyone's like, oh, hey. Like, you've been in the same locker room for four years. So it's it's different. Like, seeing guys you don't know. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, it, it was, uh, you know, you just keep your mouth shut, head down, and work hard. And I remember Rick being um, – I was two stalls down from him. And – he couldn't have been like the nicest, coolest guy to me. I mean, I was like so like happy and kind of like giddy at the time <laughs> that he was that he was like talking to me and engaging him. He's like, "Oh, where are you from?" I was like, "Oh, I'm from Long Beach." He's like, "Oh, you're from Long Beach?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "It's right down the down the road." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And then he um, just engaged with me. And as a player coming into a new locker room, when 
someone does that, it means it's like you're on almost like on cloud nine, like especially a guy like Rick DiPietro at the time, like you followed him for, you know, 12 years at that time. And he kind of, uh, so like that, that, uh, that feeling signing with the Islanders, like two, I think it was like two weeks after, uh, or a week after the Newberry fight, I got offered, I signed and I walk into the locker room, uh, and Rick's there, uh, just sitting there rolling out or something like that on like a softball that he, he was crazy with his workouts, which was kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, but we're sitting there talking and everyone comes in. Some guys, some guys like, yo, congratulations. And he's like, did you just sign? And I'm like, yeah. He was like, oh my, like he made it like such a big deal. And I was just like, I signed like being like a shy yeah. kid yeah, in a new yeah, locker yeah. room. And he made it like a big deal for me. And that was really, really cool. And I'll like, I'll never forget that. And, uh, but signing with the Islanders, um, it was a dream come true. Like it was right down the road, like right down the road and everything like that. And, um, I've kind of, I went to a couple of, uh, prospect camps earlier, like a few years earlier and getting to see some guys in the organization. So it was like, kind of like a very gradual fit for me. And, um, yeah, it was a phenomenal experience. And, um, so one of the best memories I've had playing hockey was going to Bridgeport, getting that call. Like I remember every single detail of that process, which was um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I would I would be remiss to ask you this question. I mean, obviously with the prospect camps and and you know playing you know with the Islanders organization, who who's the best player you've seen on the ice? Like who who was the one player that you're like like. This isn't like even fair. Like, holy shit. So I went to Washington's camp uh, the year after that, the year after the Islanders um, or Bridgeport. I went to Washington's camp and they have, you walk into the room, you get there early for physicals and stuff like that. And you see all these studs from Orpic just sign there. You see... Uh, Joe Ward, um, Backstrom sitting there. I'm like, all right, let me go. Let me get on the bike. You know, stay away from the guys rolling out. Let me me just go on the bike. (laughs) Who's on the bike? And it's Ovechkin. He's on the bike. Oh my god! I'm not gonna go sit right next to him and start riding the bike. So I go like two two bikes down and just you know put my head down and start riding. But um, to answer your question. it's Alexander Ovechkin, hands down, bar none. Like Tavares was sick. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. Like the, these guys are uh, the reason why they make what they make. But yeah, um, to go back on that story, I think you guys will like this one. So at Washington's camp, they we have a scrimmage, like an inner squad scrimmage, like red versus white. And they're like, all right, we're going to put the teams together. Just you walk in in the morning. Um, you look at the, um, the sheets to see what team you're on. And I'm like, looking, 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 looking. I see my name. And I'm like, all right, well, who's on my team? 
Ovechkin, Backstrom, Orpik, Wilson, uh, Beagle, or uh, it was a Beagle, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Beagle, a Ranger killer. All the, yeah, all these studs, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm on that team. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh, all right. And I know where I'm at. I'm kind of low on the totem pole with lines and everything like that. I think there was like, I think they had five lines or four and a half lines. And uh, sitting on the bench, games obviously Ov, Backstrom, and all the studs go out first. And they have you know the minor guys. And I was now is the coaching staff telling you like giving you directions on like all right, you're going to play with him in this position. Like no, I, I was, like I, I can't I was, imagine. I was left, right wing, and I just told him, I was like whichever way, wherever you want to put me, left or right. Like, like I, I would be like you know when joining like your first like men's league team and all the guys know each other and you're just like yeah I'll just wherever <laughs> I'll play defense it. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you're like whatever I'm yeah just whatever to be here. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, I think there was four lines and. I was the one extra at the time. I was hoping I wasn't, but I wanted yeah. being the extra. So the four lines roll through, and I'm the only one who hasn't gone out yet. I'm that thirteenth um, forward, and all of a sudden the the coach—I forget who his name—is a great guy. Um, but anyway, he's like, "All right, Diamond, Ovi, and Bax, you're up." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> like, I'm like, oh shit. Like and Ovi looks so much bigger on the ice than he does, and it like I saw him, he looked like a giant to me. Yeah, I don't know if I was starstruck or, but I knew my role. I was like, all right, just get the puck to Ovi, no matter yeah. what. Just get the puck to Ovi. Long story short, we both, uh, as I'm more of an offensive player than defensive player, <laughs> we spent the whole the whole shift in the defensive zone, and uh-huh. I didn't touch the puck once. But um, I remember sitting there, like, they said my name along with Ovi and Backstrom, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, this isn't, like. Now, did like, they engage oh with God. you? Like, how did they treat yeah, like, oh, you guys right. making yeah, the team? Yeah. Um, no, you know, hockey, it, it's yeah. like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? Like, there's no, everyone's cool. Like, everyone, you know, has respect for each other. Um, there, 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 there was none of I would say it was all respect. Everyone's at an NHL training camp, you know? Yeah. Everyone's good enough to be there, um, which was cool. Um, but that was like, yeah, that was my little story. Um, I was like, holy shit. But I remember, like, after the scrimmage and everything, sitting, uh, like, everyone's shooting around, doing some drills, and Ovi lines up, like, 20 pucks, and he goes right in the spot. And he's just one-timers. I'm no joke, like 15 in a row. <laughs> just ch- like like you've seen yeah, just uh, 700 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just letting them go. And I had a, I remember like hit, thinking in my head, like I had to get up and be like, uh, th- like I was so amazed at what I was watching. I was like, whoa, I got to stop being a fan and yeah. go skate around, yeah. <laughs> you know, like not act. Like I was, I was a little bit of starstruck, like seeing him do what he did, and it was. Um, now, like when you when you first cool. get, like obviously you got there, uh, you know you're on the ice now. 
do you did you do any drills like were there like you know any like one touch drills just to like warm goaltenders up and stuff like that or like yeah you have warm-ups and stuff like that were you like gripping your stick like extra tight like when yeah because everyone's going everyone's buzzing like everyone's going full tilt skating as hard as they can you're gripping it a little bit but once you start getting the flow with it and realizing like hey everyone's like yeah just everyone's there for the same reason yeah like just play the game and all you for me all i needed is one bit of a little inch of confidence whether it was like scoring a goal making a nice pass making a play for me that's all i needed um to get me going and get my confidence going mm-hmm. but sometimes that, that little inch doesn't happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and do you have any other questions because i feel like i could talk about this for the next you know oh yeah 10 hours um <laughs> when you're in that like you said that yeah you have to take that second to to tell yourself like you know i'm i'm here for a reason i'm you know i'm i am i too am a professional so i'm gonna get going but uh when you know, is your mindset when you're there on a tryout, uh, do you, is your mindset just trying to be more well-rounded or do you, do you, do you set like an individual goal for yourself to accomplish it over the course of that practice or tryout or whatever it is, or do you just, for you, were you just more Zen-like and say like, I'm just going to like adapt to whatever gets thrown at me? Yeah, I would, I would say I'm more Zen-like. I, I just adapted to whatever was thrown at me, whether it was and it's so hard. I, didn't, I really didn't have the greatest mindset. Like even at in, in Bridgeport, like my second, my uh, my first full year there, um, it's you, you just adapt to whatever it is, and that's why like some pro at like the the top guys in the league, who, the guys who've been there for fifteen years, the guys who've been there for ten years they don't let anything get into their head like anything negative they don't let they don't overthink they don't why am i not on the power play why am i not on this line why am i get taken off the first line why so for me it was more of like like you said like i I adapted that's yeah so Well, I do want to ask, I mean, obviously you learned a lot, probably more in that, you know, short span than you did in the four years of college, uh, even junior and uh, prep school, you know, that the stint playing professional hockey is something that, you know, 1% of 1% get to do uh, that, you know, are lucky enough to play the game of hockey. You got to do it. You learned a shit ton. And now with company 39, you're kind of, you know, helping players, you know, develop their life, you know, either outside of hockey or after the game of hockey has already been played, you know, you're kind of, you know, guiding them in a direction because, you know, to make it to that level, you have to eat, breathe and shit hockey 24 seven. And you sometimes neglect the other side of things, which is that, you know, yeah, you, you are playing a game, you're playing, you know, you're playing hockey, you're a hockey player. But a lot of these guys are, they are a brand. They are um, a way for, you know, if they work with another company to promote a product, they, they are a name, they're an icon, they're, you know, they are content. You know, Ovechkin is more than just Ovechkin, the hockey player. He's everything that comes with, he's 
the city of Washington. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I kind of love about Company 39 is that you, for the first time, a company is focusing on developing the other side of the game for a hockey player. And, yeah. you know, there's so many aspects that go into that, that, you know, just in general, you're making, you know, the player's life easier by handling all the stuff that players maybe don't really want to handle or don't really know about handling and and they don't want to you know be steered into a wrong direction because you know this day and age it's so easy to get lost in and just you know in social media and branding and stuff like that with yeah company- yeah no i i know i know what you're saying so with company 39 like kind of like where, where we started this like so company it's company with a k so the k stands for knowledge right and um, myself and co-founder Matt Fonataro was like, we, 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 when we were playing together in Manchester, we always had these discuss like, man, like if I would have known, I had a one year window pretty much of an NHL contract and I didn't capitalize on it, but I also didn't know a lot of things either. Mm-hmm. And the K is for knowledge to where what we're trying to do now is like, we want to, we want that 99% of athletes that are trying to make it learn from we want the 99 percent to learn from the one percent that's there and we're trying to bridge that gap so what joe pavelski does what does joe pavelski do like what do you like what do you do when you get taken off the power play like when i got taken off the power play i went right into a hole you know like why am i this coach hates me this and that blah 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 like why am i like where it's just these guys stay cool, even keeled, nothing bothers them. And that's what we want to teach the younger athletes to learn from that 1% of professional athletes. We want to bridge that gap. And, you know, cause if I would have known what, you know, let's say Sidney Crosby was doing on a day-to-day basis or say Joe Pavelski was doing on a day-to-day basis and how he handled certain things, if I would have had access to that, I would have watched it and learned from it. You know, now we're doing that. We're bridging that gap to where you can learn from directly from the athlete. Yeah. So, I mean, and the easiest way obviously to do all that is through social media. And like you said before, you mentioned you work with Joe Pavelski, uh, you know, you just, uh, uh, Mike Green, like all, all these players have, you know, they walk the walk. They've been through every situation a hockey player has ever been through. And, you know, and you even work with now, you know, Olympic athletes and, and stuff like that, that have been through, you know, the darkest of days and, you know, the highest of highs, uh, you know, you know, and, you know, been able to develop a hall of fame career, uh, you know, at least Pavelski, Pavelski will be for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's one, obviously one of the greatest American players ever put on, you know, a pair of skates, you know, looking at these players and, and developing a social media presence is something that they might, might not be knowledgeable of also. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's, you know, where you come in, you know, to develop that, that reach. Uh, what's that been like trying to get uh, players to, you know, really embrace the social media and, 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 and trying to convince them that this is the best way to reach the 99%. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, 
as you know, like a, a lot of every, most hockey players are very, very humble. Mm-hmm. And for them to go on social media and put themselves out there, even myself, like I would shy away. I'm like, ah, I'd rather, I'd rather be silent than talk almost yeah. in a way. Um, so what we, what we do is like, we try to educate them on believing in that your, your brand is your business. Like there's life's after hockey, you know, there is life after hockey and it depends. Like, obviously if you're making millions of dollars, you really don't think that matters too much, but you know, the, I, I mean, there's so many ways I could, I, I, I could talk about it, but I, I basically, basically it's like, what we want to do is provide knowledge to the athletes on what we do and how we could build brands build you their brand with social media mm-hmm. and putting themselves out there a little bit more, even though it's a little uncomfortable, but it is very how beneficial it is for them, putting themselves out there, putting them in a uncomfortable place. But it's, 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 it's not the easiest thing getting athletes to, you know, no. open up their front door. Yeah. Well, Joe, you, you kind of, you kind of, partly answered my uh my first question but i did want to when i look at company uh 39 like you do get a sense that it is different from all these other uh you know i guess for lack of a better term uh, social media conglomerates and clients and that you do get a sense of that it is about these players pushing for excellence you 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 see the pedigree uh i guess my first question is do you find that since it is founded by two former professional athletes, do you find that there's a comfortability there in that they know that they're, they're investing their time and efforts with someone who probably understands the special needs that they have? And then my follow-up to that, I guess, is that now with the, the, the situation the, the everyone's in, that these players pro- probably have more time, free time on their hands than maybe they ever will get again while they're playing uh, professional hockey. So do you also find that you've now had uh, more names without being specific, obviously start to reach out and have those conversations with you guys and control. Uh, I, 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 I believe so. I think um, we know the game. We've been around the game. We've been around the locker room, like um, been around these guys for like their former teammates, their friends there. And we started a company that is, um, that benefits them. And I think, you know, you always go with what you're comfortable with and trust. I think there's a lot of trust. And for us, like, we don't want to do any, like, we don't want to do anything. We're very protective, I would say of the athletes and we don't want to do anything. They don't want to do. They control their own narrative. It's like, I know when, what time they have pregame skate, when they're going to a nap, when their days off, I, we know what their schedules are because we've done it. So yeah. when I think there's, it's, I'd rather, in my opinion, I'd rather go with a guy who knows what I'm going through. I just got benched for the last eight minutes of a game. I'm not going to call him and ask him, Hey, like get on a call. We need to get on this call. Like it's, 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 we've had those situations and we're like, all right, we're not calling this guy for the next week until he scores (laughs) a goal. This guy hasn't scored a goal in six months. Wait till he scores a goal. And 
when he's all jazzed up and then we'll <laughs> smile and have a great phone call. Yeah. So like there's, I, 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 I think, um, yeah, there's a sense of trust. There's a sense of, um, respect as well. And I think that maybe is our advantage. I think that is our advantage. Um, we've been very fortunate to have, you know, the players that we do sign on with company 39 that we've, we've had relationships with, we've had relationships with them and they've, you know, every player knows another player, the hockey world's so small and yeah. that's kind of, um, what's, what's, what's worked for us. Cause we, we know the day to day, we know what they're going through and, um, we respect that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for, for anyone that's, uh, you know, listening right now, first uh, you can pause this and go follow company 39, especially on Instagram. Um, that it's, your Instagram is a must follow in my opinion, only because, and this is where I, I want to talk about really company 39 and, and what you do personally. Um, you know, obviously, you know, sitting down and interviewing these athletes, obviously you have Casey Bellamy who, uh, is an Olympic gold medal, uh, uh, she's been on uh, multiple world championships. She, she's uh, the she's the know. Nick Lidstrom of yeah. hockey. Yeah, I mean she she really is like uh, you know the face of women's hockey right now. I mean uh, you know right now women's hockey is you know is you know, Olympic women's hockey is like obviously the pinnacle and winning a gold medal and being able to do that is like I mean it's surreal. What is it like you know? following around these athletes, uh, doing the sit down talks with them. Like, is it like as surreal as it may seem because the, like specifically the women's hockey or. Yeah. I mean, all, all, well, I mean, all of them. I mean, I mean, I mean, how often do you get to meet an Olympic gold medalist? You know, like, well, you know, it's really unique about the, the women's like they're the best in the world. Like we, we had, we were fortunate enough to go down to the all-star game and, um, obviously Casey was there. She's one of our athletes and, um, we, we were able to have a sit down with, um, probably about like eight, eight, nine women of the Olympic teams from Canada and U S and the state that they're in right now, it's like, they're, they're trying to get a league. Like they're trying to, I, I know that some, these girls are, they're holding out a little bit and they should. Um, but sitting down with them and, and talking with them and hearing what they have to say uh, uh, about what they like go through, like, like all, all they ultimately want is to be, they're, they're gold medalists, they're Olympic gold medalists. <laughs> and they, they don't even, they, they don't even have someone to sharpen their skates. They don't even have a place to hang their equipment. They, they don't even have a, a gym to go work out at. Like they're there. They have gym memberships at like gold's gym. Like it's, it's, and the, I think the NHL has done a great job uh, the last couple of years with bringing them into the all-star game and really showcasing them. Cause I mean, to me, the best part of the, the all-star game this past year in St. Louis was the three on three women. That was the most exciting oh, part yeah. of the whole hands. Entire, down. It was, I, it was great. It was, that was the best part of it. That was the highlight for me personally as 
watching them at, it was exciting um, watching them at the all-star game. And I think seeing how they work and their work ethic, obviously we're all, they're all professionals and everything, but I guess what they just want is to be treated like one. And I think what, Company 39 is the story that we're going to be coming out with with Casey Bellamy and a little more of what we were able to um, interview with a few of the women was um, it's 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 really um, I'm excited about it. And it's really eye opening to, hey, these are the best of the best best women's hockey player in the world. And that, that exactly. And yeah. right now in the U.S., women's hockey is uh, the most grown uh growing sport in the u.s for women's um sports is women's hockey so i mean yeah i mean and and and, uh you know basically to obviously you know company 39 does you know a a ton of work with both the male and the female athletes uh but the female athletes more importantly there's not many outlets for them to actually even get their voice across i mean and 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 i'll and i'll say this like um like it, it, it's great when you get around the, especially Casey, Casey is, um, and they, they all are phenomenal, but I, to me personally, my favorite women's hockey player is Casey Bellamy. <laughs> and I'm not just being biased. It's the, the, the work ethic, the, the interviews that we, they never like these women, they've never saw anyone that was like them growing up. Yeah, you know, yeah. like they oh, their favorite players were Peter Forsberg, Brett Hall. You know, now yeah. they are. We want to we want to showcase how um how little girls look up to these these Olympians. We want to show those little girls that, Hey, this is what you look up to. Look what they, look what they've been able to do. Look at how they like their superstar, you know, instead of an NHL player. No, you have an Olympic gold medalist and a, you know, hopefully down the line that could be ironed out with how they're working things out. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it, it's, uh, they're, they're phenomenal athletes and they, they should, they should be treated like that. And I, I think there's, there, there's definitely some things that are, um, in the works for that, but, nice. um, hearing their story is we're excited to uh, tell their story about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to ask one more Joey and then we'll probably close this down for, cause we can't take too much of your time up, but, uh, Obviously, with the circumstances we're in right now, uh, everyone, and that includes professional uh, hockey players, are forced to be in their homes. So, you know, barring during, you know, normal times, they have the regular season and then they're uh, recouping a little bit and then getting right back to training. So, uh, you know, without obviously being too specific, do you find that you've had uh, more uh, athletes start to reach out to you now because they, you know, they've probably had more time, free time than they'll, they, they don't know when they'll get again. So do you, you know, in terms of just maybe things in the works and just uh, general feeling out, do you, do you get a sense that athletes right now are, uh, you know, this is something that they they might try to take this uh, downtime and focus themselves. And, and even if it's not with company 39, just in general, maybe they can use this time to 
start thinking about uh, how they're going to put themselves, you know, out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it's it, it's it may, uh, for me at least what I think is um, we we've definitely been able to get on the phone a little bit more um, with athletes because um, you know there's. N- not, not too much going on and everyone, you know, there's a lot of quarantines going on, but, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's, it's a perfect example to think of life after hockey. Yeah. No, you know, right. and, um, when you think of life after hockey, are you set up or are you, all right, hockey's over now. What do I start doing? Yeah. All right. Let me get my social up. Cause ultimately social media builds a brand. Yeah. And, if you don't have that, you're not building. What? What? How else are you building your brand? So I think it's it's definitely a good time for um, looking at the positive of this time is looking into the future, looking at life after hockey, and you know realizing that you're you're not just an athlete. You're more than an athlete. You know, and once you realize that, you could. I feel like you could start to build your brand and we would love to help any athlete at all sports with doing that. And we're former athletes and we know what the athlete life is like. We don't, that's who we are. And we have uh, nothing but respect for everyone and um, everyone's different, but we're former athletes. And, you know, I think it's time to think about life after hockey because who knows, like, can you imagine if this was, you know, lasted five years two years one year you know yeah i hope not but you're right absolutely right yeah so yeah i mean it's been a month and already feels like it's been five years so um so all right to wrap things up um uh, where can uh people find you i know we said before it's company 39 with a k um you know I, i know you're on the instagram uh facebook and twitter um where can they find you what's your handle yeah, uh, me personally, it's jdiamond39 on Instagram and uh, Twitter, uh, company39 with a K, company.39 um, on Instagram, and uh, we're doing some construction on our new website right now, which is um, what we're working on, but um, yeah, that's all, along with Twitter as well. Um, k39.com or company 39 at twitter company 39 on facebook company 39 on uh insta as well so yeah if um you could learn more on those um and yeah that's that um i really appreciate you guys uh giving me the platform to come on here and and tell some stories you guys are um it's a little different than than being in back of the truck you know yeah absolutely (laughs) and uh but um, no, I, re- I love what you guys are doing. Um, I, I, it's uh, the Broadway Boys. It, it couldn't be a perf- more perfect name for you two. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely fits. our art imitating uh, life. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, anytime. Um, answer any questions, whatever you guys want to ask. Give me a call, and uh, I'll be around. Yeah, I mean, there's not much, uh, you know, obviously hockey news going on right now, so we might have to have you on in a in a couple months just to yeah. see where uh, everything yeah. is at. And you know, obviously, uh, you're full of stories and experiences in the game, and Company Thirty Nine is growing. And uh, you know, uh, God, I could ask you a million questions about you know 
Joe Pavelski and, and following him around, but uh, yeah. that, that'll be for another time. Yeah, it's another time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Joe. Yeah, and, thank you guys, man. You guys are awesome. And stay safe, man. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>